You are now listening to The Art of Winning Show with your host and co-host, Eddie Truck Gordon and Miyoko Taylor, two best-selling authors. Eddie Truck Gordon is New York Emmy award-winning fighter, UFC Ultimate Fighter champion. Miyoko Taylor is a celebrity personal development coach and thought leader. Both have mastered the art of winning. It's never too late to tap into your amazing, and remember, success has no age limit. Welcome back to the Art of Winning show. I am super excited. It's uh, Eddie Truck Gordon, and I got my amazing co-host, Mr. Amazing himself, Yoko Taylor. What's going on, Yoko? What's up, man? I should ask you what's going on, bro. Oh, they they man, can't lose what you look like now, but guys, guys, truck needs stitches. <laughs> needs stitches. It's a, it's a backstory to the stitches. It's going to be a really interesting Um so literally, instead of going to get stitches, I'm so dedicated to the show that we're here hosting it, and um, and I'll get stitches afterwards. But to 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 add a little spice to the show today, not only do we have an amazing guest, this guy is armed and dangerous, and we're actually interviewing the guy that makes me need stitches. So that's. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to, I call him Manable. You'll see why, because he's a man, half man, half animal. Mr. John, uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself, because I'm going to do him no justice. This guy has an amazing background in fitness and business and health, and there's a ton, so I'm not going to steal his shine. Uh, Manable, welcome to the Art of Winning show, brother. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, my bad about the elbow this morning. Listen. Sometimes you zig when you should have zagged. I mean, it happened. You know, you actually, you know what's funny? You actually did the right thing. You put your head in the right place. And I was start trying to stay tight and wound up hitting with the elbow. So, my bad, but you know what? It's okay. You're just trying to kill the co-host of the show. It's all right. Me, me and John was the dating. We were actually rolling in BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So, Yoko, Yoko kind of had that look like head in the hip. What the heck? Elbow. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that from a song you put my hand up on your hip? Yeah. When I dip, you dip. <laughs> so, oh, wait. Let me introduce myself. Hold on. I'm John Beneducci. Uh, call me Manimal. Uh, for a lot of reasons, not just because I'm really hairy, but uh, not on my head, just on my body. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I have a pretty varied background. Uh, somehow, at almost 40, I'm a professional fighter again, fighting for Bellator. So hopefully I'll get an, uh, another fight in with them before the end of the year. Uh, and then, yeah, I have a master's in history. Uh, I have degrees in uh, forensic psychology. Uh, I own, I'm a strength and conditioning coach right now. Uh, in addition to fighting. So I used to own, uh, I've owned gyms. I've had all different types of businesses. So yeah, I definitely have a varied experience. Uh, definitely the most interesting one being fighting again after not fighting for 10 years. That's been pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. It's been very self-exploratory to do something you did as a kid, as, an, as like an advanced adult, I guess. <laughs> I love that because that goes into our theory of age has, I'm sorry, success has no age limit. Most people don't realize that when it comes to fighting, people think it's a young man's sport, young woman's sport, but you're 40 and you're able to do what you love. And I know that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of jumping the, uh, jumping the horse here, but tell our listeners what you have exciting going on that's very coordinated 
into your your fight career, um, just so you get a heads up, Venable, I usually never interview and do any investigation on our guests. I kind of want to ask questions as if I never know who they are and, and ask questions like the listener. But obviously, I've known you for a few years now, uh, so uh, it's a good, it's a, it's a gift and a curse. I kind of do know what you got going on, and you do got a lot of great things going on. So tell our listeners first your newest, newest venture that you got going on that's, that's kind of coordinated with your fighting. So after the fight, it was a lot to process for me. And uh, I think we fall into a trap of uh, being very egocentric in our view of the world. So listen, my fight, I came up a little short of my fight. Uh, it happens, you know, I had a little ring rust in there. And uh, even though I was doing good, the, the first part of the fight wound up getting cut and uh, falling a little short in it. But the whole experience, the whole process really had me thinking about how we perceive a situation. So I started writing, uh, writing a book on my experience. And when I wrote out my experience, it made me think, well, yeah, that's interesting. You know, and, and everything that came along with it after being away from the sport competitively for a decade. So I had fought, I think my last fight in 2007. And then in training camp, I wound up getting my shoulder injured. I had two surgeries on it took me some time to get back. By the time I felt good physically, I owned a, a gym in Bayside, Queens, that was super busy. I mean, I had like 250, 300 members and the place was popping, you seen, and it was a lot to handle. And, uh, and, at the, and fighting just wasn't in my radar. Then I wound up uh, not having that business anymore about a year and a half, two years ago. And it, you know, the desire was there to, to get back in there. And I don't believe in age either. So age is a factor, but age is more like a, a, a waypoint for us to judge where we are. Like it's just the random metric that we use to judge where you should be. It, it's actually not the thing that limits fighting ability. When someone's like fighting's a young man's game, that's because the guy that's been pushing his body to the limit just is done by a certain amount of uses. So I don't think it's time, right? Like in age, it's repetition. So let's uh, say so you not, got not the year of the car. It's not the year of the car. It's the amount of miles you put on it. Yeah, yeah. So let's say, yeah, let's say you buy a brand new car, right? You buy a, a 2019. It didn't even come out yet. Brand new. And I drive the shit out of it. I'm driving it off-road. I'm going cross-country, right? I'm going to have that car for like two years, and it's going to be beat to shit. You're going to be like, man, but you beat that car up, right? Then I could have a car that's a classic and still be driving it around. How many miles your car has? Oh, it has 30,000 miles on it. I drive it to the supermarket and back. That's it, you know? So depending how much wear you have on the car, they say it's a young man's game because that's the easily observable phenomenon. Because the person that starts training at, be real, six, seven years old, you see him at 25. That guy's got 18 years of mileage. That's it. After a certain point, you're gonna be like, oh, that guy's washed up. He's 32, whatever it is, right? Yeah, that guy has 20,000 years of mileage. You know, there's 20 million miles on his car. Yeah, he looks banged up. You know, I remember uh, watching a fight with my wife and it was like a Nagara fight. And she was like, oh my God, this was years ago and like pride. She was like, what is that guy, 50? I was like, yo, he's like 29. <laughs> you know, because he just had so much abuse. So, so before coming back, so I hadn't fought in 10 years. So I had no wear and tear. That wear and tear that would be there for the fighter who's 37, isn't there for me. 
you know, just, I wasn't sparring hard, you know, I wasn't getting banged up, I wasn't fighting. So actually I feel, this is gonna sound, you know, inflated ego here, but I feel 27, like I move, I feel like I move pretty well. You know, my recovery, of course, it takes a little longer, but that's normal. You know, it, it, the kids feel beat on. That's how I judge it. Ask like Bazooka, we train with a kid who's like 21. Ask him how he feels. He's like, man, I'm sore, I'm banged up. All right, well, if the 21-year-old feels like that, why am I going to think? What's the first thing you think when something goes wrong? I'm getting old. No, that's not why. We often attribute causality to the thing it's not caused by all the friggin' time. It's a, it's a major human flaw. We attribute causality to things that didn't cause it. You know, you're why touching, am I? You're touching on so many different levels. I know Miyoko being a behavioral scientist, he's salivating because you're touching on, on, on so many, so many different levels. It's almost like you're, I, I look at you as an onion. There's so many different layers to you uh, that, that you probably don't realize. I'm excited for a couple of reasons. One, because I heard, I'm, I'm jumping the gun here, of course, uh, you told me about your book. You actually sent me the uh, the first part of it, and I think you were leading up to it. But just had the outlook of, of how different eyes sees different different things. Especially tell, tell about, here. So, what about my wife's point of view? So, a lot of times you write it from one point of view. So after I wrote my point of view, I was like, oh, you know, it would be fascinating—a fascinating study for me to understand what happened. Also, because think about the speed of experience hard to process. And my own processing of it is very flawed. My own perception is full of flaws. How does everyone else look at the event? So first my wife, right? That's the person closest to you. That's my other half. All right, what's it like for her being around 10 years ago? We've been married 10 years. So having me fight as a kid when we first got together, 26, 27, and then 10 years later, a whole lifetime together, going back at something again, Right, older in life with a different viewpoint after sharing different experiences. What's that like for her? Right, what's the fight feel like for your, the person in your life? And it's easy for us as fighters to just be like, you know, real, so selfish because fighting is a selfish endeavor, right? We're, we're trying to explore our potential. So that's very selfish, right? We're, we're putting all the energy on us. So what's this become like for my wife? Right, what's that experience like for her having to kind of, from being in a relationship where there wasn't that ego focus on me, Right. So now that happens again. Now I'm focused on me again. Baby, you got it. And I had a conversation with my wife before I took the fight or even started training. I was like, listen, you know, there's something there's something there I want to explore. I'd love to, you know, I feel good. I'd love to start training again and see where it's at. You know, and she's like, really? And I was like, yeah. I was like, and they say that your wife is your better half. Although I think I'm the better half in my relationship. But half, I was like, so you're 50% of my team. And I'm not going to do something without 50% of my team behind it. And she, my wife's a teacher, and she uh, she thought about it for a few seconds. And she was like, fuck it, we got good health coverage, go for it. You know? <laughs> I was like, yeah, teacher health coverage makes me feel safe. <laughs> so she was like, go for it. So what's her perspective like, right? Then... I don't got health coverage, I'm jealous. I got ah, I know! I got good health coverage. Yo, it's, there's nothing like that, man. Yeah. You know? Even doing my pre-medical testing, there's a lot of testing that goes on before the fight, plus money. You know, so not having to pay for my medical testing is almost like making an extra G to fight now. 
not to not to cut you off, but people don't realize that when you talk about the fight game, I literally had to get a, you know, because I'm, 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 what, 33, 34, I forget how old I am. I had to get a brain MRI, had to get an EKG, had to get a full physical. You got to do all sorts of blood work. You got to do test tests. You got to do a lot of things. And people don't realize that when you're an independent contractor, when you're an entrepreneur, you got to cover this. It's the cost of doing business. So for all you young kids that are probably going to listen to this because you see a UFC fighter, a Bellator fighter, a PFL fighter, you're going to be excited to, to learn about the fight game. We're teaching you about life. That's what the art of winning is about. We don't sugarcoat anything. We're going to tell you everything. So that's another interesting part that most people are not aware of. So those are different things that you got to pick up on. And it's for the fighter's safety. And, it, you know, it, it's important. So... I'm excited. So back to you, John. I just cut you off. So you back about your health conversation. No, no, it's true. There's a lot of things that people don't realize. I tell everyone, whatever you want to do is going to be 10 times harder than you first imagined it being. Because it's just things you don't know. There's so much we don't know. Fascinating. I try to know as much as possible. And if I had 100,000 lifetimes, I'd still be a dumb as shit. You know, there's so much to learn. So, okay, so my wife's point of view first, right? What's the life for her? Then, um... My manager's point of view, I find interesting because getting me in Bellator is his biggest, you know, thing. He's like, wow, I got a Bellator fighter. That's like pretty big. Coming off the shelf, you know, after 10 years not fighting, being at the highest level again, having a competitive fight, you know, there's a lot going on for from my manager's perspective that's interesting. And he never even liked MMA until he met me and then just accidentally wound up, uh, you know, just trying to do it he's a lawyer by trade and he was like oh i'm good at looking at contracts let me you know let me try it out so his view is interesting then uh manny african samurai his his perspective working the corner biggest show he's ever been at to work the corner mohegan sun ten thousand people you know that's my boy right we uh we work our training camps together so i have manimal training camp which is a guy's training camp we do upstate so i take guys away and set them up on the right path to success in health and fitness and I find it really easy to do it when we go away for the day or the weekend. So Manny's my assistant with that. So we bond a lot. You know, we've been away a lot together. So what's it like for him? Seeing his boy in there, right? Going at it, you know, thinking about all the emotions you feel as a fighter. And then magnifying that on me. I remember before the fight, he was like, yo, I get scared before the fight. And I was like, yo, it's normal. You should be scared, right? So Manny's like, dude, I get scared before the fight. And I think of you, because we fall close to each other. Uh, he was making his debut, and I was fighting maybe three weeks before him. And he said, dude, I get scared thinking about the fight. And I was like, fuck yeah. And he was like, and I think about you fighting after 10 years on the fucking couch. He's like, 10 years you didn't do dick. He's like, you're just jumping back in there. Like, it's all good. He's like, fuck that. What am I scared of? You know, he had four fights in like a year. And, uh, and, he, and I was like, oh, it's interesting. I wasn't I wasn't thinking about it that way, but you're right. You know, of course I'm scared. I want to be scared. If I'm not scared, there's something wrong there. That's such, a, that's such a huge dynamic because me and Miyoko always talk about it when we talk about fear. We talk, we talk about fear, how people can look at it, failure, how people can look at it. It kind of plays a part in the process. By all means, Yoko, I, I see you, you're yourself. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just listening. So my question for you is after 10 years, you jump back into the so such a competitive sport. I think this is probably one of the most competitive sports you can ever participate in because it's there's nothing I mean, like the fight it, mentally physically there's just so many different dynamics so what type of mental preparation did you have to do to even get yourself to this particular point because i think most people are focused on okay it's been 10 years 
you're 40 years old. Wow, you got back in shape and you're fighting. But what about the mental changes that have to had to take place before you even step back in the ring? The mental process, like many other things, is not a linear path here, mm-hmm. right? I so right in the book, if I think about my my training camp, man, there's times that you just just want to quit. You know, many times I remember just I had a couple you know things happen in the camp. Truck could tell you. I mean, look, you got cut today, right? So three weeks before I'm supposed to fight, I get a nasty cut, right? Just you're putting in extra time. There's a lot going on, right? So I get a nasty cut. I'm like, damn, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I pull two discs in my back, right? I'm like five weeks out. I'm like, fuck, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna make it. And uh, I broke my uh, my fifth metatarsal in my foot, like six weeks out. You know, so, so I'm like, oh man, I was like, I am all banged up. And I was like, but damn, I want to do this thing, you know? I was like, I am so fucking dedicated to wanting to get back in there. And uh, so I'm just getting through it. I'm telling, you know, I'm telling myself just, you know, sleep on it. And I would sleep on it and I would wake up and oh, I'm actually a little better, all right? People sleep on it. Yeah, just sleep on it. People in the world because like nobody hears this part of fight game. You see like behind the story, you see it's always like rainbows and cookies. And, and I think that a lot of production teams, they don't want to show the grueling, scary backside of it of the injuries, people getting hurt, people fighting with injuries. Nobody goes to the cage, the arena fight night, 100%. And I, I say it sounds crazy. The best fighter does not always win. Guess who wins that fight? The guy that performs the best in that moment. The guy that, that, that takes advantage of it. And people always say, you know, you get the keyboard warriors, you get the uh, the, the, the Monday morning quarterbacks, and the, you know, the, 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 the so-called opera fighter. Are you really a fighter? Do you know what it takes to get there? I think that's the easy part is once you get the fight night. Once you get the fight night, you get the weigh-ins, you make the weight, you're almost like, oh, thank God. Now, you can, now it's like, yeah. so, hard part it's been, Oh my God. So I get up to, Bellator brings you out like, I guess the fight was on a Friday, they bring you out to Monday or the Tuesday. And I remember getting to the hotel and just being like, man, I'm so fucking banged up. And I think I took a hot bath that night. And, uh, and then Wednesday, I didn't do shit, right? There's nothing to do. Training's done. That's it. I broke a little sweat, made sure I didn't eat too much. Uh, and I wake up the morning of weigh-ins and I was like, oh, I feel, I'm like 90%. I was like, 90% is like a million percent, right? So I woke up the day of the weigh-ins feeling 90%. I was like, oh, thank the fucking gods. You know, I was like, thank the gods, you know? And, but it, it's so true. Like the mental game is so funny because you, you're always having this internal battle of fighting, you know, getting through the injury, making it to the fight, wanting to quit. The desire to quit is the most readily available option. And it's the one most people take all the time. Most people just quit all the time. They, they quit because it's the easy way out. They quit because it's the easy way out. And you said it. You discomfort. It's hard to stay. It's hard to stay. Um, it's hard to stay in something that's that's a struggle. It's hard to stay when you're grinding. It's, it's hard to embrace all that stuff. And people just don't understand that. Um, I want to switch gears, man, because um, I want to switch gears a little bit because I want you to talk about, yeah, it's like a double-edged sword, because I think I should know this, 
What was your biggest adversity you had to deal with in life as far as business? Because I kind of have an idea where I think it would be. Yeah. Um, so you you tell me, and, I, and I'll, I'll see if we're on the same page. What what could you tell the listeners? Because people don't understand that with success comes obstacles and comes struggle. What what was your biggest obstacle you felt like you dealt with in your business, whether it's you know your training camp, oh, man. Down, so, yeah. or your your CrossFit gym? I'm trying to listen, give you a hint. I, I know. Listen, I've had I'm some leaving. catastrophic failures in my life, but um, tell us about it. So if listen, yeah. So. Uh, the reason I was out for a while, for about five years, I owned one of the biggest, busiest CrossFit gyms in Queens. So I had CrossFit Bayside for, for almost five years, pretty much five years. By the time you set it up, five years, right? It's a good chunk of your life. And uh, I mean, I, my gym was popping. You know, I had a lot of athletes. You know, I, had, I, I trained a girl that went to regionals. I had guys winning all the local comps. I'm just regular members. I mean, the, the, the change I affected in people's lives was super meaningful to me. I just looked to help wherever I could put myself in to, to try to help um, there, right? So that's why I love coaching so much. I mean, I have a degree in history, so I could have been a professor in history, or uh, I have a degree in forensic psychology. I worked in a mental hospital for a year uh, right after I had that degree. So I could do other things. I love coaching and training because it gives me the ability to help someone grow. And I think all of life's about growth. So I had this gym where I'm, I'm by all means successful, making good money on paper too. But uh, you know, I think about this a lot. It, it just didn't work out. So I had about, I had a good four and a half years, a bad eight months. And a bad eight months in New York City, you know, in the boroughs can fucking kill you. Business is tough. The fortunes of business are, are you know, they're tough, especially in New York. And I wound up losing I don't want to go into numbers on the podcast, but let's call it uh, an unpalatable amount of money. You know, uh, I, I lost enough money to buy a house and my house. So, so I lost, you know, I went bankrupt. I lost everything. And, uh, and that was only two years ago. So I started just, you know, I had a clean slate and just started rebuilding. You know, I uh, did my privates, started training again. And, uh, and now everything's smooth as silk. I mean, I run my manual training camps where I get, you know, a nice price point for the weekend. I train my clients, which is very fulfilling. I work a lot less hours. My relationship with my wife is better. My relationship to myself is better with my ego. So I totally failed in my gym at the end, right? And it totally made me face my ego. So your ego is really fragile. And my ego was fighting to the death of itself to, to, to keep itself relevant. Because I always identified myself after five years as a gym owner. Oh, this is John. He owns CrossFit Bayside. Busiest fucking gym in Bayside. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm the man. Yeah, I got all, I ran the competition series. I was like, I'm the man, you know, and everything that fed into that. Uh, mistakes uh, in my relationship, right? I don't know if I want to talk too much about that. We could say that for another podcast. That's my second book, right? Fucking, this ain't no fucking fairy tale. That'll be my second book. So first book, Fight Night. Right. I'm almost done with that. I should be done by with that by August 31st. That's my deadline to, to be done with that book. And I uh, mean, my second book will be This Isn't a Fucking Fairy Tale, where I talk about how it's not. You know, people have this fairy tale idea, and there's a lot of misinformation that's out there in our society and in social media. Oh, just follow your dreams. Just, I follow my dreams. My dreams took me some places. You know, it's not like your dreams are, are all good. You know, your dreams come with a full package like everything else in life. Good, 
not so favorable, unforeseen consequences, you know, and having the gym. I mean, I lost a lot of money, went bankrupt, you know, wound up losing my house. I mean, it was, fuck, it was pretty devastating. I was really depressed. Dude, I went, oh, that's nice. That's Yo, nice. Right, that. sure. Listen, you're making me cry blood. You're making me cry blood because what you're talking about is real, man. What you're talking about is what people do not. Hold on, hold not. on. Let me get real, real. Wait, I'm going to get real, real. I lived in the fucking back of my gym after I lost my house with my wife for like months. And I remember someone accidentally seeing I had like a pillow and blanket back there and be like, what the fuck's going on back there? And I was like, oh, I take a day nap. You know, just hiding your shame of failure. I think that happens a lot too. You just feel so ashamed of failing, especially when on the surface it looks like you're doing great because people think money in, everyone thought I was rich. Mm-hmm. You know, because they just see the in, they don't see the out. They don't see that, you know, I got hit with a, a labor department issue that cost me, you know, fucking 20 grand for a lawyer and then plus the, the, the money I had to pay them or that there was a building department issue that happened or the problem with the plumbing that you thought was no big deal cost three grand, right? Like, or I had to pay 50 G in taxes on this new law that they just invented. Like, you know, there's, it's like in a fight, you know the attacks that are gonna come at you. Hands, feet, elbows. Sometimes in business, you don't see the attacks that are gonna come at you. You know, like you've never even seen that move before. And they're like, you owe this money. That's what this podcast is about, man. It's about the art of winning, not just in fighting, not just in sports, but in life. And the reason why I'm super excited to have you on the show is because you, know, you got hit. You got hit hard. You know, I was there when, when it started happening. And yeah. to, see you, to see you rise and get up, that's what a true champion is. A true champion, a true winner is when you get hit with adversity and you rise and you overcome it. And to see you now doing the, the manable training camps and you're touching it and, and changing and helping people's lives, that to me is powerful. Because a lot of people in health and fitness, they go astray. Something like what happened to you happened with the band in the industry. If they could get this, screw this, they can find another way. To Listen, I could have just got a regular ass job and punched the clock. You know, my spirit was, was hurt. It was very easy for me to quit. And I remember just like, you know, not being able to face anyone when I closed my gym. I think it was two weeks, I just couldn't face anyone. You know, things were really tough with me and my wife. I mean, you know, think about that. You put your your spouse through all that too. You know, they're uh, they're along for the ride good and bad. And my wife's ride or die, you know, she's uh, she's pretty gangster herself. And, um, yeah, that's another podcast. I was gonna ask you a question that that, would have, that would have took us down a, a long Oh, uh, let's way. do that. I know what you want to ask me about. You know what I want to ask you. I know, but you know what? That's a whole other podcast, really. That's another podcast. We might have to start a whole new show for that. We could do it. There. I would do that, and we'll just spend the whole time on that. Uh-huh. Well, if you want to do that, we'll, that's almost a whole podcast on its own. The better dudes uh method part two. But Michael, <laughs> please don't don't um don't don't hesitate, man. Jump in because I feel like I'm stealing it because No, I got, no, man, I'm listening. You gotta think. This is like the the this is like a behind the scenes intimate like education for me because you're both fighters. So I'm just listening. So oh, okay. that's why that's why that's why I've been quiet. But one of one of the things I do want to point out is that you're a very talented person. Like you have a lot of different skills and attributes. I don't think of talent, but thank but, you. I appreciate that compliment. You went to the point where you were sleeping in back of your gym. You had a lot of these failures in your life. 
And one of the things you didn't do is give up. And I think some people don't realize that talent alone won't do it. And that's what's just really like coming in my mind as you guys are talking because. Oh, thank you. I'm not really that talented though. The persistence though, you both of you guys are seriously, seriously persistent. No, truck got me hyped. You're right. Truck got me hyped doing the PFL thing. I'm so fucking hyped. You don't even know. That's so good. You know, because you had a little, you had a little layoff. You know, a mixed bag of results. Fucking, you got back in there at PFL, which is a great tournament, and do the damn thing. It's a great story. You know, I love, I love the story. I'm a, I have a master's in history, Miyoko, and so I love the study of history. You know, I think in our modern society we place a lot of emphasis on science, mm-hmm. but science is like running in a minefield. You know, you think you know what you're doing, but science. A lot of it's run ahead of its ability to. A lot of it's theory. Uh, huh? A lot of it's theory. That's why. It's theory because you're running ahead of actual events. You're trying to make a theory, yeah, to explain something you're observing far ahead of anything that's actually happening, or your ability to measure it. Mm-hmm. So I like the study of history because I could, and I have a, you know, I could be wrong in my interpretation, but I can sit back and look at a lot of data as much as I could gather. To, to try to formulate a hypothesis. So history is almost theory also, but it's theory where I have a lot of time to look back on it because distance creates slowness. So if I can take a look at something 100 feet away, it looks a lot slower than if someone's right in my face. It's like the fight. When you watch the fight on TV, those punches look fast, but they're not as fast as when they're in front of your face and I'm throwing that shit right at you. You're like, holy shit, that's fast. Right, but if you're 100 feet away, you're like, oh, look at that punch coming. Right, distance creates some slowness. I like that. You might, you might have just named the, the, the podcast. I love it, man. I love it. You know, I want you to do it. We're going to give you the floor right now, man, because we want you to tell everybody where they can find you, how they can link up with you, whether it's social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Talk a little bit about your your, your manable training camp. This is a platform for you. We want all of our listeners, you know, to, to, to branch out and connect with our guests. You know, we got an amazing team here at the Art of Winning Show. They're gonna edit this and make it look all pretty and snazzy and all that fun stuff. But we want to make sure that that our listeners can get to know the manable. Where can they find you? We gotta change your your, your handle, man. I like that, the manable. I mean, that's been my nickname for years. So I just that's, uh, not, that's not your social media handle. No, I'm just John Benedici. Ah, oh, how crazy is that, right? Like, you know, the more I say it, because I know you as Manimal. Like, that's just your name. That's how everyone knows me from training as Manimal. Yeah, it's like, so that's been my nickname awesome. since 2003. So I was in a, so I'm in a, I'm in a match, and uh, I used to train with Hydrigo Gracie, right? And I think it was a purple. Purple belt? Maybe I just got my purple or I was still a blue belt. It was a, I've been training a long time, truck with different varying points in my training life. So I'm in this match and I get caught in a guillotine and I'm like, I'm just fucking gritting it out. You know, I wind up getting out and I fucking get the guy, right? And I get him and, and she goes like, you're like a little man animal, you know, cause I'm short. I'm five, 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 maybe at my best day. So I'm little, he's like, you're like a little fucking man animal, like a man animal. <laughs> You know, and uh, and Nardu owns Budokan and uh, and Philippe Nilbu were there, and they're like, "Oh shit, that's it, Manimal." They're like, "Yeah, it's you. You're a fucking Manimal." You know, because yeah, I'm hairy. I lived in the woods once, so yeah. So listen, where you can find me? 
John ben, John underscore Beneducci on Instagram is the best place. Although I guess I should probably change my handle, but no. John underscore Beneducci on Instagram. I do a lot on my Instagram. That's probably the best place to keep up with me. Otherwise, JohnBeneducci.com uh, is my like standard page. MadimalTrainingCamp.com. That's the training camp I do upstate New York. And I also have an online component I'm working on for that where I coach some clients remotely. Although I really love the in-camp experience. Truck, I'd love to get you in the next one. If you're not yes, fighting that weekend, we going we'll get you up as a guest. It'll be so sick. You know, it'd be so sick to have you up there. Uh, so MadimalTrainingCamp.com, John underscore Benedici at Instagram, JohnBenedici.com. Guys, uh, I'm a servant of the universe. I'm here just to help. So if anyone needs any help with anything, let me know. If there's any uh, advice I could give to anyone, you know, hit me up. Um, I'm about as open uh, as a guy could be. Yes, I'm about as open as anything. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you, you just opened a can of worms. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sick Miyoko on you. Just be yeah. careful, Miyoko. This guy is a cerebral. The animal. The animal. <laughs> he might listen. He, he did tune his own horn, but for most of you, I don't know and realize that this man is a trained killer. He is literally. He's a, literally a Sarah BJJ black belt. For most people that don't know, that's probably the highest ranking you could probably. But, second oh, degree. I'm a second degree black belt. I'm sorry, second degree black belt. So you know, I have some world titles in jujitsu too. I've won a I couple know, worlds. Well, you know, you with know, a guillotine. Yeah, that's right. You lock this man into a room with 99.8% of the people and there's no time limit. I guarantee you he's one of the people that's walking out of that room. So don't let that, don't let that, that crazy smile fool you. Wow. <laughs> oh man, before my fight, I was smiling so much. I think that's how I got the jump on the dude. Yeah. So uh, the first part of my fight, I was all over the guy, but that's where ring rust came in. I got a little too hyped and gave the guy room to escape. But I think what threw him off is I was all smiles. You know, once I got into the cage, Sad. I was like, oh man, thank the gods, I'm finally here to fight. I was like, it's actually going to happen, you know, because there's nobody doubt. So I was loving the king, and I just cracked a huge well, smile. I'm, I'm unleashing, I'm unleashing the Miyoko on the Manable. We got something special for you that I did not tell you about. Here we go, Yoko. All right, so, we, me and Chuck are firm believers that actionable, actionable, information is what's valuable to people, right? So everybody that comes on this show, we issue them a challenge. So this is something that you're challenging, not only the audience, but you're challenging yourself, you're challenging me, you're challenging truck. So the floor is yours, the stage is yours, John. I want you to issue everybody out there listening on the platform a challenge, something that they can do right now that can change their life tomorrow. I have a challenge. I, I have two different ones I usually give out. A day without the word can't. I usually issue that challenge. Go a day without the word can't. See what that looks like. Right, because we limit ourselves a lot. A day without the word can't. Can't. Right, so instead of saying I can't do that, I don't have the skills necessary right now to do that. Right, reframes things a little bit. Oh, I can't do that. Right, I trained, I've trained thousands of people. And most people are lacking in the mental department, right? Not the physical. It's very rare you have someone mental, you know, so most people limit themselves mentally first. I can't do that. Right, they don't even, they even fucking try to do it. They have no reference point to base that decision on, right? I can't. How do you know? You didn't even, where was the experimentation there? Where was the observation? Where was any kind of, you know, exploratory process before you said can't, right? That, that's a big statement. I can't do it. Oh, wow, that's a pretty, 
pretty big statement. So I usually, that's the first challenge. And um, usually the second thing I tell them is write one thing that's holding you back and I burn it, you know? So I, I'll take one thing that's holding uh, me back. So for me, it was age. I like that. So for me, it was age. I write down age on a piece of, I wrote it on a piece of wood. I'm old. Oh, my shoulder, I did that one too. I had this shoulder replaced twice. So what would my go-to be? I can't do that because of my shoulder. Fucking, there's nothing wrong with your shoulder. It's fine. It's all healed up, baby. You know, so then I, so thing that was holding me back, first it was AIDS and then it was my shoulder. I just wrote it down, burned it. It was like, nothing wrong with my shoulder. It's all healed up. It's all good. I, you know? I actually, I genuinely, maybe because I'm like, I'm two weeks out from my fight, so I'm getting a little savage in me. I love that. I love the, the, I love the visionary of literally writing your 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 thing down. You just like, doing some NLP, man. The, the word is powerful. The word is very powerful, right? I the love that word. Extremely powerful. And a day without camp. I love those two, man. A day without camp. Try it. Do it. Yeah, you know, for every if you do a day without camp, those it'll open up your mind. I hear you. They're gonna ask me for a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. We could do another one on my spiritual work, but. I uh, do a lot of work with like Viking runes and the rune is like a symbol that you write down that has power. So the written word in its essence contains a lot of power. So writing down what is holding you back and then watching it burn is super symbolically powerful. And I don't think we have enough rites of passage in our society. Like I call the first workout in my manimal training camp a rite of passage because we don't have, we used to traditionally have these places where you could um, solidify self-growth, right? Personal that's growth. That's it. This episode is called The Manable's Rite of Passage. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and actually having my fight was like my rite of passage to know that, uh, that I believe my own bullshit. <laughs> Listen, I truly, generally, I'm, I'm going to wrap up with this. I'm going to give my closing words. After today's show, I realized a few different things. I think everyday person, the, the mom, the dad, everybody going through life, they should at one point in their life have a controlled, safe environment fight. Because it, it allows you to find that inner 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 being, that inner beast, that inner soul, that inner adversity. It allows you to be in your truest, most rarest form. Because I feel that fighting is a gladiator, it's the modern day gladiator. There's no excuses. You are what you are, and it makes you be human. It makes you be alive, where there's no more, there's no more layers that you can hide behind your insecurities. So I wish that anybody listening to this show, all you thousands and thousands of people around the world, please, please take this episode. And I, I learned something about somebody I've known for the last eight plus years. I learned a lot, and I learned one thing. I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to accept this challenge like we do all the challenges. I'm going to go a day without it. I can't. I'm going to write down the, the limiting beliefs because What's I don't- holding you back? One thing. What would one thing be that you write down? What's the one thing? Oh, man. I, I Honest to God, I would say caring because I feel like I care too much about people that don't care about me and I didn't have that hold me back. Caring. Like, cause so I, you I, would I, write I, down, I don't need to care about people that don't care about me, right? I love it. I love Something it. Like that, right? And then you burn, boom. I don't need to care about people that don't care about me. 
I want to help the world. And I, I, I learned that it's a growing process. You got to help yourself and help your being before you can help everybody else. Well, I am super, super excited to have you on the show, Manable. This is not going to be the, uh, the first, and it will, sorry, it's going to be the first, but it will not be the last. Um, you've been amazing. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in. Thank you again for listening to the Art of Winning show. Make sure you go and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap up. Yoko, you got any, uh, any? Um... Only thing I want to say, man, is do those challenges because I'm gonna do them, and I think those challenges will have an immediate impact, immediate impact on your life. Love it. Any closing words, Uh I just want to say this was a lot of fun. Whenever you guys want to have me back, I do like to talk. I mean, I think you learn a lot. You learn a lot by by getting it out there. You know, I learn a lot from from talking to different people, and uh, I just love connection. So we learn through connection. So the more people I could connect with, uh, the, the more things that I can help with, it will just open up different possibilities. And uh, this life is for the experiencing, and I'm trying to experience it uh, to the very fullest. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. And that is it. That is the Art of Winning Show. Make sure you tune in next time. And do not forget to share this podcast as well as subscribe. Talk to you guys later.